You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors, unfortunately. He's strong, but some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman! Citizens of Gotham City, welcome back to The Eternal Knight, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, the one and only Batman. I am one of your hosts. My name is Philip Barker, and I am joined once again by my heroic co-host, Mr. Craig Blaylock. Thank you again for joining us, and if you guys want to listen to our show, by all means, check it out on Podbean or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can find us on the X app, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast or The Eternal Knight podcast or if you guys want to drop us an email feel free to eternal at pod at gmail.com now we have a lot to talk about but first and foremost craig i totally didn't even let you get to say hi how you doing buddy yeah it's all good i'm doing great uh i shared with philip here uh the reason why we're doing this episode tonight uh we i was gonna try to set it up for the weekend but i'm gonna be a little busy during the weekend um yeah i am gonna be at this massive music festival and i'm gonna pretty much be dead after sa- uh, sunday so i figured we need to record now so that i still have a voice uh by the time we do our next episode and you all know i'm good with to record whatever whatever so it's yeah. really not that big of a deal on my end but yes yes craig is going to be at a music festival all weekend and typically sometimes we record on weekends sometimes we record on weekdays just kind of whatever mm-hmm. works for us obviously um, but it's been a few weeks since we've recorded, I think. It's been been a little while. About two weeks, I think. I think it's been about two weeks. But in that time, uh, there's been a lot that's happened. There's been a couple rumors. There's been a new trailer for another movie that's not really Batman-related, but Batman might be in that movie. I don't know. We're going to talk about it. Um, Batman Day was, shit, two, three days ago? Three days ago. Yep. Three days Sat- ago. Uh, Saturday, wasn't it? Saturday. Saturday the 16th. Yes, yeah. and also we got a brand new 4K release of Batman Mask of the Phantasm for all of us to enjoy, which I did, in fact, watch the digital version of. Oh, it's glorious. It was. Yeah, I haven't checked out any of the special scenes or any of the special features because Voodoo doesn't have any of that. Mm, that's so, a shame. So when you, re- when you redeem the 4K copy on your digital, you know, whatever outlet you use, 
yeah, for whatever reason, it doesn't have any of the special features. So I'm going to have to pop this boy into my PlayStation and manually look at the, the special features at some point. Because I know there's like a really touching tribute there to Kevin Conroy that I have yet to watch, but I need to. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I got a chance to watch my uh, 4K Blu-ray. Actually, I think I, yeah, I watched it on Batman Day. Uh, sounds about right. You got it before I, mean, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. This movie obviously holds up. It's your favorite. Inc- incredibly. I mean, I I don't, I didn't think I, I was like, I'm one of those people that like, ah, does it really matter if it's in 4K or not? It's beautiful in 4K. It, it makes it a big so difference. Smooth. Man, the audio, like hearing that soundtrack, it's just, it, man, it left me speechless. I mean, l- listening to that that opening beat from Shirley Walker, seeing, mm-hmm. dude, seeing those those not quite 3D models, but like mm-hmm. getting they they really do pop in the 4K copy, like they really pop. And in a, if in a good I way. Rem- I might be wrong, but if I remember right, I think Batman: Mask of the Phantasm was the first animated feature from Warner Brothers that integrated uh, CG into the film. I believe so surprisingly it's still it's for the aesthetic of this film it still holds up very true so you watch this on batman day right yep okay let's let's detail my journey to getting this movie right okay (laughs) so (laughs) so this movie came out seven days ago last week this movie came out a week ago right came out september 12th i didn't pre-order it i don't know did you pre-order it Yes, I, as okay. soon as I knew that this thing was available, I pre-ordered it on Amazon. So nine times out of ten, I usually don't pre-order the animated stuff, regardless of whether or not it's an older one or a newer one. I usually just try and go to my local department store, and I get it usually day of. Um, mm-hmm. Well, uh... <laughs> I think I this time. Oh boy, what a what a journey I went on to get this movie. Anyway, let's let's start from Batman Day. <laughs> So yeah. Bat- Batman Day happened, and uh, my plan, my initial plan on Batman Day. So uh, I drove out to, because I'm based in California, Craig's in Missouri, and Craig used to live here in California, so he'll know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I don't know if any of, ever will, any of our listeners will, but I drove out to West Sac to pick up some vape juice from an area, from because, you know, there's a whole ban going on here in California for, like, certain types of vape juice. But I got vape juice that I used to buy everywhere in this warehouse. I drove all the way out to West Sac. So it turns out... This this place that I got my vape juice from is literally one exit up from Natomas, where I was seeing the Dark Knight trilogy. Believe you me, folks, I will get to that. <laughs> but uh, before seeing the Dark Knight trilogy, because that's how I spent my Batman day, I was like, okay, I'm going to find Batman Mask of the Phantasm in 4K, right? Two thumbs up. Yeah, right? No. 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 No, I drove my happy ass to Best Buy, the one right there by the theater. I was like, hey, do you guys have Batman Mask of the Phantasm? I didn't see it back there. And they were like, no. I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. Great. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty, And here's why hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, in the parking lot next to the Best Buy is a parking lot with a, bar, a former Barnes & Nobles, uh, an Old Navy, and a Target. Why am I bringing up Target? Because that's where I found Batman Mask of the Phantasm, but not at that Target. I found it a day later at a different Target. But let me get back to this. So I didn't even bother going to Target. I was like, all right, fine. I'll just go to the Walmart across the street from the movie theater because, you know, it, it'll, hopefully it'll be there. Da, da, da. Well, I go to that Walmart. Nope. No Batman Mask of the Phantasm 4K there either. Nope. 
so then I asked the the kind lady behind the counter in the electronics department. I was like, hey, do you have Batman Mask of the Phantasm in 4K? She was like, Batman what? And I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to have to, like, explain this, like, piece by piece, aren't I? And sure enough, I did. Not Not to say that, you know the one behind the counter was ignorant or anything, but obviously she just wasn't a Batman person. She didn't know what the hell I was talking about. So I literally had to be like, no, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm in 4K. One of her other coworkers pulls up, pulls it up on the Walmart app. Oh no, it looks like you can only order it online and have it picked up here. I was like, shit. Okay. So, so then the next day I drive all the way out to Citrus Heights to this Best Buy that I normally buy a lot of my movies from and i'm walking around i go to the movie section and i'm like okay well i'm not seeing it here i'm starting to like grind my teeth a little bit like i am gonna get screwed out of owning this movie aren't i but also to backtrack a little bit i did manage to buy across the spider verse at the other best buy in natomas so there was that so i find someone at this best buy and i was like hey do you guys have batman mask of the phantasm sitting in the back where i can't see it and the dude was like Oh, let me look it up on, on our on our database. Oh, no, it looks like we're sold out. You can go to Roseville, Folsom, or Arden Way. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, wait a minute. Craig told me to check Target. I was like, you know what? To hell with it. There's a Target right across the way. I'll go check there. If they don't have it, I'll drive my happy ass to Folsom. So I go to Target. I go to the electronics section. I see a movie, I see a movie stand, and sure enough, there's the grand prize right there in the second shelf. I snatched that shit up, I went, woo! And, <laughs> and like, this family behind me, like, kind of jumped a little bit. <laughs> I'm walking to the register, I give Craig a call, he doesn't answer me, I leave him a voicemail telling him, hey, buddy, got my 4K copy, just wanted to let you know I took your advice and got it at Target. And paid yeah, for man, my... Target has... So far, when it comes to, like, films, Target has not let me down. Yeah, and I, I lucked out, got it, went home. Now, let's talk about Batman Day. Mm-hmm. So, outside of Batman Mask of the Phantasm, did you watch or do anything else Batman-related? No, it was just Mask of the Phantasm for me. Uh, last week was a week with my kiddos, so right, right. really couldn't do much else. Um, you know, had to spend time with my kiddos, so I watched Mask of the Phantasm after she went to bed, because... She's starting to break into wanting to watch like the Batman stuff with me. Like I do, I think I said last year, she was obsessed with Batman versus TMNT when nice. I watched right, that. Right, yeah, right, yeah. She, I, dude, that day that we watched that for the rest of the week, pretty much every night when she got home from school, can we watch Batman versus TMNT again? I'm like, we're, we're on like, <laughs> we're on viewing like seven at this point. <laughs> She's like, I love that movie. I want to watch it again. So. She's starting to break into it, but I think Mask of the Phantasm, I think it would just be a little too... It's, it's dark. Slow paced for her, and yeah, too dark. It's a little too um, dark, I think, for, 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 for your little one. Just she, She's it... even expressed interest. She's like, I want to see the, the Batman movie with the Riddler, and I'm like, ah, you're not ready for that yet. I'm not going to put you through that. Wait a minute. Does she mean the Batman, or does she mean Batman Forever? The Batman. Okay, I was going to say, you can show her Batman Forever. Oh yeah, I'll show her Batman Forever, no, no problem. But yeah, no, she was talking because she was like, "I want the, I want to watch the one with that guy." And it was, I, she pointed at my uh, pop figure of the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, kid, you, you get scared. <laughs> she got scared watching uh, Godzilla 2014. So I was like, oh, "Yeah, wow. we're not, 
we're not uh that the first five minutes of the batman you will be cowering <laughs> in fear right exactly i was just thinking that same exact thing you know what's also funny about uh batman versus teenage mutant turtles hmm. there's a little funny segue um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is streaming on Paramount Plus starting today as of this recording, September yeah, 19th. that's right. That's another one. Uh, I just uh, pre-ordered the 4K on Amazon because I am not – that movie has to be in my collection. Oh, I'm going to own that movie when it's physical. Don't get me wrong. But um, I actually, unfortunately, woke up three hours into my sleep session last night because my allergies were just absolutely attacking the shit out of my nose. And my nose Good. was just dripping snot. And so when I woke up, I was just like, ugh, right? But then I look mm-hmm. on my phone, I'm scrolling through Instagram, and then I see the, the TMNT page on Instagram, and it's like, oh, hey, Mutant Mayhem streaming on Paramount Plus on the 19th. I looked at the date. It was literally midnight the 19th, and I was like, oh, I have Paramount Plus. So I turn on Paramount Plus. Sure enough, it's there. I was like, yeah. yay. So I watched. It's such a good, it's such a good movie. Such a damn good movie. Oh my god, such a damn good movie. Watched it again last night. Had the biggest smile on my face, even though my nose was dripping snot. Anyway, um, you know what? Yeah. Also, you know, you know what? Also, is a damn good movie that has a very similar ending to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. What's that? Batman Begins. Yeah. You want to know very why? True. I, want to know why I said Batman Begins? I think you went, uh, you, you did something special for Batman Day. So my Batman Day was probably one of those special Batman Days I've had in a long time. Um, I'm going to humble brag here for a little bit. I have now seen both of the greatest comic book trilogies on film in a movie theater in the same year. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm awesome. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, seriously, enough humble bragging. No, I, I for Batman Day, the, the my local Regal Theater was showing uh, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises back to back to back with about an hour or 45 minutes or so in between each showing. And um, it, 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 let me tell you, man, it was really, really special to get to watch that trilogy in the theater for five bucks a ticket nonetheless, too. Oh, yeah, damn. For less than the cost of one of those films on Blu-ray. For less than the cost of an average movie ticket. Yeah, like, damn, that's I'm, crazy. Dude, I made out like a freaking bandit watching that trilogy. Oh right. my god! So let's let's give the, our listeners some history here. I have never seen Batman Begins on the big screen. This was my same here. This, I, I missed I missed it on the big screen back in the day. This was my first time getting to see this one on the big screen. This was my fourth time watching The Dark Knight on the big screen, and this was my second time seeing The Dark Knight Rises on the big screen. Now, obviously. I love clearly you you guys can tell which one of the three is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But but seriously, seeing Batman Begins on the big screen, how many years almost almost 20 years after the fact, 18 years it came out in 2005, getting to see this movie on the big screen hits so differently. Just absolutely spectacular cinematography, beautiful performances, Liam Neeson as 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 Wow, uh, Ducard. Roz. I don't know, Roz, obviously, but I was going for you know the the bait yeah. and switch, Ducard, <laughs> right? Seeing that Christian Bale, obviously, like getting to see the suit come together, seeing his parents die, dude, that one hurt. Like watching that on the big screen, I was genuinely like emotional. Like there were tears rolling through my eyes as soon as like you know Thomas is holding Bruce's hand, says don't don't be afraid, and it's like. Oh man, I am just I am I'm a little kid again watching Batman's origin for the first time. I'm just like, oh man, I'm sad now. I mean, two of my absolute favorite scenes out of those three movies came 
from that first one, uh, one, the whole, where are you? Here. So that must have been cool to see on the big screen. And then um, towards the uh, the end, the whole, uh, it's not what you do. Or what is it? It's, it's not, it's not uh, who I am underneath, but what I do that yeah. defines me. And then she go, and then she goes, Bruce. Yep. And then he dives, and then the score swells, and that must have been a trip to see on the big screen. Okay, seeing the bats in Arkham, getting that yeah. year one homage, yeah. seeing that on the big screen was badass, straight up badass. Also, one of my favorite scenes, and it, honestly, it's it's the crux of the whole damn trilogy, if you ask me. The scene with his dad when he falls down the well. Why do we fall, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. Where you're definitely, most certainly going to circle back to that when we get to Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. But that scene hit super hard. And then the moment I fist pumped. The absolute moment I fist pumped. Gordon and Batman on on GCPD. Or rather, the MCU, because it's the Major Crimes Unit. With the floodlight, the bat signal. Batman taps on it, right? And then Gordon tells him, take this guy, for example, a taste for theatrical like you leaves a calling card. And then you see the Joker card. Oh, bro. And Batman just goes, I'll look into it. And then Gordon (laughs) and then obviously Gordon goes, you know, I never said thank you. And Batman just turns around and goes, and you'll never have to. And then he flies off the building and wings spread. Batman begins title hits round of. okay. each film, end of each film, round of applause each time. Oh, I bet. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, what was really cool, what really drew me was was interesting. There weren't too many people there for Begins. The fullest theater was The Dark Knight. And then, and then you know, the theater was about 75% full for The Dark Knight Rises. And, you know, that's the funny thing because that is a direct – I mean, that's it's, it's parallel to how, how it, these films were. Exactly, I mean, yep. We talked about it before in a previous episode, like – a lot of people didn't even know Batman Begins was a thing back when it came out in theaters. I didn't even know that there was a new Batman movie in theaters back in 2005 until I, the video game store that I worked at, we got a delivery of games, and I opened the box, and I'm like, Batman, Batman Begins. Begins? What is yep. this? And I turn it over, and it says, based on the hit movie, I'm like, movie? There's a new Batman movie? Yep. What the hell? Yep, that's exactly how I found out, except I wasn't working at a game store. I went into the game store, saw the game, and I was like, "Yeah, this is based off of a... There's a new Batman movie? And my best yeah. friend at the time was like, yeah, you didn't know? And I was like, "Yeah, no, I didn't. The, the marketing was non-existent back then. Nope. And it has arguably one of the best trailers ever, too. Yeah. Iro- ironically enough, to a Nickelback song, too. <laughs> so... Okay, so I get out of Batman Begins, right? And I this is I decided because I had not done this before. I decided to go live on Instagram and kind of recollect my thoughts for each oh, movie, nice. and I did that for each movie as as I as I got out of it. And um, I'm not even I don't even remember what I said for Begins, but I I I will just say that seeing Batman Begins on the big screen was just a, a bucket checklist thing for me. I've now seen. Almost every single Batman movie on the big screen except one. Can you guess what movie that is? Mm, okay, let's see. I'm just running them through my head. I'm going to say... Technically two, but go on. Batman and Robin? Nope. Saw that one in theaters when I was... Let's see, that was 97. Mm. I was five. So, yeah, I saw that one in theaters. Okay. Uh, Returns. Saw that one in theaters for a Fathom event. Uh, okay. 
I'm not. I'm stumped. Batman '89. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I have not seen Batman '89 on the big screen. Yeah, I mean, I'm running through them in my head. I have not seen '89. Well, technically, I returns. I don't. I don't recall if '66 hit theaters. I think it did way back in the '60s, but that's one I definitely didn't see in the theater. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I, I haven't seen 89. I haven't seen Returns. I've seen Forever. I've seen Batman and Robin. Didn't see Begins. Saw Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, I've seen everything except for 89 and Returns. You also didn't see Batman vs. Superman on the big screen. Yes, that too. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I think for me, the only one I have not seen in the modern Batman era, I do believe, would be Batman 89. But to bring it back around to The Dark Knight, this is probably the one I'm I'm not gonna lie, this was this is absolutely the one I was most excited to see on the big screen. Matter of fact, we even did a commentary to it a couple months like July. In July, mm-hmm. we did we can if you all want to check that out, by all means go check it out. Um but seriously, like getting to see the Dark Knight again on the big screen, it, it, whether it was opening day or whether it was a day like Saturday, that movie is the epitome of theatrical experience. Straight up. Oh, I'm sure. Straight yeah. up. Like Everything hits on point. Granted, each of these movies is flaw. They have flaws to a certain extent. Like you could make it to. There's a, there's a, there's a conversation to be had about the, you know some of the the shaky cam action in the in the first mm-hmm. film, right? The yeah. second film, obviously, there's like a continuity change because you go from Katie Holmes to Maggie Gyllenhaal playing Rachel Dawes. Mm-hmm. I know that's kind of a a thing for people. Me, not so much. Like I, I would I have preferred to see Katie Holmes. Yes. 100%. But, you know, I don't mind Maggie Gyllenhaal in the, in the role. I think she, you know, did exactly what she needed to do. Love Aaron Eckhart in this role as Two-Face, Harvey Dent. Like, I actually really love the progression they took with his character and how they factor in, you know, the whole love triangle between her and Bruce and Harvey. Like, all of that was just still spectacular. And then, obviously, Heath Ledger. Yep. Like, any any time he was on screen, dude, I, I, I kind of feel bad about this, but... Anytime he was on screen, I knew exactly what lines he said. I was mouthing them, if not outright saying them. Like, I, I know Heath Ledger's lines in this movie from front to back. That's how much yeah, I love of, his version of the Joker. I think that, I, I, to your point, Eckhart just nails the role as a conflicted Harvey Dent that eventually becomes Two-Face. Yep. And it, it, it is a shame that, like, I mean, the, I mean, you can't nothing will surpass that ledger performance so it's unfortunate for Eckert that he was in the same movie as ledger's joker because he does put in such a good performance as two-faced but i mean it, it just it's not his fault but it just it gets overshadowed by ledger's joker and i'm not gonna lie to you dude like that last scene with with the joker and batman and and him going I think you and I are destined to do this forever. Like, oh man, it's still so bittersweet because you know that they wanted to do something with him in a third film, but obviously yep. that couldn't be the case. So, yep. I rem- yeah, I remember us talking about that on the commentary of just like, man, what could that third film have been had we not lost him? So like I mentioned, I was pretty emotional all throughout Batman Begins because there there are just moments in that movie that just make me just genuinely emotional as a Batman fan and as a human being. When I was watching The Dark Knight, it was like a zero focus like like zero in focus type of uh, type of viewing because I just wanted to just 
take it all in because I hadn't seen this movie in so many years on the big screen. So just seeing it all again was just like a just wave of beautiful emotion. But the only time I actually got emotional was at the very end with with Gordon's last lines. You know, he is a watchful protector, a silent guardian, a dark night. That dark night. Like that legit. By the end of it, I was shedding a couple tears because it, it, it that that is just such a beautiful capper to that movie. Like mm-hmm. I I have nothing at all bad to say about the Dark Knight. I am I gonna say it's a perfect movie? I mean, if you catch me on a good day, I might. But I will say that it is without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, the best Batman movie that Nolan did. People are probably going to say, no, Batman Begins is. Look, I can understand that sentiment. That movie legitimately captures the spirit of Batman versus the Joker. Yep. Without a shadow of a doubt. I, I totally agree. At, at, like, I made it a point in our commentary. There are There are spots that I didn't care for in The Dark Knight, but it is those small quips and those small complaints mean absolutely nothing in comparison to the entire film it is it is a it is a cinematic masterpiece 100 percent will never be topped like if you look at the three batman films nolan did that is without a shadow of a doubt the best one of the three straight up now when i'd gotten out of that i pretty much echoed all of that more or less I again if you guys want to go to my Instagram page just at unfiltered check it out I've got all three of them they're I think they're they should be reels they should be on my Instagram page because I don't think they're stories no I went live so they should actually be reels on my my Instagram page because if anyone wants to check them out so going into rises I wondered like because obviously that movie I that movie and me and myself like I've I've just been through a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to that movie initially um, I think mm-hmm. I think that was one of the first things you and I ever talked about was Dark Knight Rises and how like at back then I even I think I even said this in my post review of the Dark Knight Rises back then when that movie came out I was very much of the mind of it's not like the comic book right like I was I was yeah. that I, I was that whiny ass nerd I was super bitchy basically I was a version of my older cousin Devin because he doesn't <laughs> I will never understand this. He thinks those films are trash, and I don't share that opinion at all, and I don't even, like, want to enter... films, as in, like, all of them? Yes. Wow. Okay, basically... Okay, to sum it up, my cousin's assessment of Christian Bale's Batman, he's a billion-dollar ninja, and I'm just like, really? Uh... That's your takeaway from that? All right, Chief, whatever works for you. But... And the only thing... Does it focus more on the action of batman more than like the detective stuff i guess one could make an argument for that but he's it's still they are still batman films 100 percent. now when it comes to the dark knight rises i this movie really did hit a lot different for me now i think that could be in part because you know when you watch the first two and then you watch the third one obviously it's like one big seamless story taking place over a course of almost 10 hours because i was there from noon my time till about 9:45 at night. Hmm. Like yeah. I said, like I said there was about an hour, like a 45 minute to an hour intermission in between each film, which, you know, the first film's about 2:20 something, like 2:15, the second mm-hmm. one's about two and a half hours, and then that last one's 2 hours 45 minutes. Like yeah. these are not short movies. They are mm-hmm. lengthy, they are meaty, they are, they are packed. But I had a lot of different feelings about The Dark Knight Rises this time around, and I think 
in part due to I'm older. I've had a lot of different conversations with a lot of different people. I've had a lot of different things brought up to me about this trilogy that I might have overlooked in oversight as a younger adult. But even like seeing this film, seeing this film was actually really, really exciting for me because it's it, you know, it's it it it's that question of well, how do you wrap this story up? Like what kind of what way do you really solidify the fact that this version of Batman is an is a legend like how do you make that performance how do you make that that take how do you take how do you take the ideal and turn it into something more how do you turn it into a legitimate legend and I think the way that the movie flows in which the story they were telling obviously you know you've got Tom Hardy as the main antagonist of Bane whom, if you're a fan of the comics, you know exactly what kind of story they're probably going to pull from if they're going to introduce uh-huh. Bane, right? And they make good on that promise. I'm not going to lie. When Bale got his back broken the first time, when I saw that movie the first time and his back gets broken, I yelled as loud as possible, yes! And, like, the, <laughs> fir- the first four rows in front of me, like, they jumped and someone looked up. It, it, it was hilarious. But this time... Oh, buddy. Right, right, right. Like, you know, we, we always make fun of the voice. Oh, yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit or your body. And, it's, and he just cracks him over his knee, dude. Like that. Still, I, I love Heath Ledger as the Joker, but I also really, really do like Tom Hardy as Bane. I think, you know, if you're going to do something different with a character, I think Christopher Nolan had that sensibility of, I need to make this fit within the confines of the world that I have created. And mm-hmm. I think in that, in that same breath, I think he did a certain level of justice to that character because obviously the character of Bane is more often than not a one-note kind of character. He's notorious for breaking Batman's back, yes. In the 97 Batman and Robin film, he's more or less just hired muscle, right? He's just hired muscle. In Batman the Animated Series, same thing. He's smart, yeah, but he's, again, hired muscle for Rupert Thorne. Um, in yep. the Batman, again, hired muscle. There is a theme here with Bane that he's just more or less hired muscle, and I like that Nolan took it a step further and went, no, 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 no. I'm going to make him like he was in Nightfall. He's going to be tactical. He's going to be smart. He's And he even take it a step further. I'm going to, like, give him ties to the League of Shadows. I'm going to make him excommunicana like Batman, but on a completely different kind of level. They are literally not quite two sides of the same coin, but you literally see, like, what could happen with proper training from the, the League of Shadows and you take an, a level of, like, you know, real justice with it. And then you also see, like, Bane, pure, unadulterated vengeance. Straight yep. up. Like, he is straight up freaking vengeance, more or less. And, and his his only purpose is to fulfill what the League of Shadows want exactly. to do in the first place. And even, like, the, the whole twist with Marion Cotillard's character, Miranda Tate becoming Talia, I was like, okay, I'll buy it. No, I'm, I'm normally of the mind where, like, I like Talia to be, be a thing with Batman and have that conflict of, do I choose Batman or do I choose my father? Whereas in this movie, she is straight up like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to fulfill my dead father's wish, even though me and him weren't exactly in great places when we stopped talking. But the fact yeah. that you're the reason he's dead, oh, no, 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 I'm going to make good on his promise, and I'm going to burn your city to the ground. I love that. I actually kind of like that that neat little twist. And even so, it makes it, it makes the whole knife conversation she has with him a little bit more personal, but also a little bit more... Um, what's the right word I want to say here? Like, integral to her version of that character. 
Like I well, really no, go ahead. Like we talked about in our commentary too, the, the whole thing with this film does it have its flaws? Yes, but again, I mean, I really feel like Nolan was just kind of backed into a corner because of what happened with Ledger. I could see that. You got to imagine what they they were like. Well, crap, we got a course correct, and whatever plans he had are now out the window. So we've got to come up with something else. It's almost like, for it's almost like the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, pretty it's, much. It, it's almost in that same conversation. It, to to an even further degree, because whereas with that situation, it was just a director who came in and caused quite a bit of course correction. <laughs> um, this had a situation where where we literally, how can we bring this character? We cannot. Now, because could you imagine if they tried? to recast someone as now, Joker. Now, from what I understand in the novelization of The Dark Knight Rises, when Bane breaks out Blackgate, alleged... I don't know how true this is because I have not read the novelization, but apparently Bane walks by the cell of the Joker and they wrote it in that all you see is just the back of his head and he's just there and Bane says something to the effect of, yeah, I ain't letting him out. I'm here to <laughs> I'm here to do what I need to do, but if I let him out, he'll screw everything up. That's yeah, more. That's, that's I'm I'm point. I'm paraphrasing because I again I have not read the novelization, so I don't know how true that is. But still, that makes sense to me. Now, could I have seen Nolan do something like that? Yes. Do I think Nolan would have done it? No. And I'm glad he didn't because he was very personal with that relationship he had with Heath Ledger, and I think it was. I think leaning in on the Harvey Dent stuff was more or less a good enough, I don't want to say crutch, but it was it was a better plot point to lean on as opposed to just trying to hammer on, oh yeah, the Joker basically left us in this situation that we're in. Because mm. you, you get there by de facto having it be through the Harvey Dent, Dent Act, all of that. Like having that be, you, you, anyone who watches The Dark Knight, you see the Harvey Dent stuff and you're like, yeah, I know exactly why that happened. You don't even need to mention the Joker. It it just yeah. it it wasn't necessary. So I did look. It looks like so. This is an article from IGN back in July of 2012, mm -hmm. and it is about Joker being mentioned in the Dark Knight Rises novel. Uh, he wasn't there even mentioned it. in the Dark Knight Rises movie. It seems the Joker has been name checked in the film's spinoff novelization. According to the book, Gotham's criminal fraternity were moved from Arkham Asylum to Blackgate Prison right. following the creation of the Dent Act, all but one, as the not and this is a quote from the novel. The worst of the worst were sent here, except for the Joker, who, rumor had it, was locked away as Arkham's sole remaining inmate. Or perhaps he had escaped. Nobody was really even sure, not even Selena. Wow. So he was apparently so sadistic, they moved everyone from arkham asylum to blackgate prison but they left the joker in arkham asylum i mean that makes sense that yeah. makes a lot of sense in 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 my humble opinion for that trilogy that makes a lot of sense to leave him in that in that facility by himself as the sole inmate yep that's crazy I, <laughs> look at what his character did yeah yeah look at what look at what he was able to accomplish in one movie right yep. Like, man, and, and to take it back to Rises, dude, like, the ending of that movie actually hit a lot harder for me, like the whole Robin John Blake stuff, 
Like, uh, you know, Selena Kyle being like, yeah, you know, you can have your no guns thing. That's not a my thing. I'm going to use guns <laughs> like that. Did Bane go out like a bitch in this movie? Yeah, sure. Why not? You can make that argument. That's fine. I still find what Hardy did with that character was lethal. Look, let me tell you something, mm-hmm. dude. Getting to watch that second fight, getting to watch that second fight of Bane and Batman fighting on the steps of City Hall. In the, in the crowd. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude. And then leading it up to like that, that fight where they're kind of up against each other and Bane just goes ham on that pillar. Oh, yeah. dude. Seeing it on a TV doesn't do it enough justice. Like Seeing it on the big yeah. screen was just top-notch. You can also, again, I'll even point this out too. Watching this trilogy, you actually see Christopher Nolan's God damn dog, shut the hell up. It's not even my dog. It's the damn neighbor's dog. Anyway, <laughs> my dogs are hungry. Not my dogs, evidently, but you get the idea of what I'm getting. Shut the hell yeah. up, mutt. Anyway, no, no, no. Like, getting to watch that fight was actually really something special. And even, like, watching the initial fight where he breaks his back was something special, too. But my main point is, you actually see a really beautiful progression of how Christopher Nolan handles action from movie to movie, watching all three of these movies back to back. Yeah, because, I mean, like, uh, I I think we talked about this in Dark Knight Rises and I think our Dark Knight, uh, or, yeah, in our Dark Knight commentary, is that, like, I was not a fan of his action, his hand-to-hand action sequences in Batman Begins. But you're right, you do, he progressively gets better. Because, like, the Dark Knight's, action scenes where Batman's fighting individuals much better than Batman begins. And then he takes it to another degree with dark Knight rises. Right. And then obviously, you know, I think we're all, you and I are obviously in the same mind that the the warehouse sequence from Batman v Superman is never going to be topped in terms of action. No matter, no no matter what, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, as I'm sitting here gushing profusely about the dark Knight rises and it's action, or even like, you know, that final action beaten in the Batman again, the warehouse sequence is not going to be topped. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it never I'm, will. I'm no. sorry. It, it just ain't going to happen. But, you know, well, not until in, I... In, t- in terms of Batman fighting individuals, whether it be a supervillain or just a group of people like he did in the warehouse, I just don't see how anything can top it. Oh, just wait until I make a Batman Beyond movie. Then then we'll see. <laughs> then, then we'll come back to this conversation. Yeah. Anyway, no... To, 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 to cap it off, though, like, seeing the Dark Knight trilogy for Batman Day was actually quite special. Because, again, it just kind of re-solidified for me how much I really did enjoy the Dark Knight and how much that movie kind of really, you know, it's it's basically through that movie that I have a large, large appreciation for the other two. But even getting to see Batman Begins on the big screen for the first time, again, bucket list item. But that whole, yeah. tr- that, I, I just feel very, very differently about that trilogy than I did years and years ago when I was one of those stuck-up fanboys trying to be like, oh, it needs to be like this comic, it needs to be like that comic, Batman has a Robin, blah, 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 right? Like, I'm, I'm not that person anymore. Matter of fact, I was even uh, on, on the X app earlier, and some, I, I I'd said something to the effect of, like, you know, from that post credit sequence of The Flash where they have like Aquaman falling in the puddle of water. I basically said something to the effect of, it is evident to me that James Gunn does not really care about Aquaman between that sequence there and the whole, you know, the joke that Barry Allen gives him at the the final episode of Peacemaker. To me, to me, it just feels like James Gunn is turning, is going to turn Aquaman back into the joke. That's, that's Mm -hmm. kind of the impression I'm given just based on those two scenes. 
and a couple people were like, well, James Gunn didn't direct that scene. And I'm just like, he's the one who put freaking George Clooney at the end of that movie, and he's the head of DC Studios. You're seriously going to sit here and tell me that he didn't have any oversight over what that post credit sequence was? GTFO. You don't know how these movies are made. But and yet he thinks uh, Peacemaker deserves his own show. I, 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 that was... That was a Toby Amrich, Walter Hamada decision. That was not a David Zaslav decision. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Based on comments David Zaslav has made in regards to why he made James Gunn the head of DC Studios, I'm just like, your bar for quality must be extremely low then. that That's just my humble opinion because he didn't even have the foresight. He's like, oh, yeah, James Gunn directed and wrote Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie. And I'm like, no. He rewrote it from a draft from Nicole Perlman. You're completely forgetting a, another person who wrote that movie. But, you know, you are David Zaslav, and there are certain things that have been said about you that I'm just like, eh, okay, whatever. But besides the point, like, I just really loved seeing the Dark Knight trilogy in the theater, and it was just something superbly special. And, you know... That, that whole bit with Robin at the end, I was like, you know, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt as an actor. I think, I, I, there is, if you wanted to, like, in your mind go, well, what would happen after, you know, Bruce goes off to Italy with Selena and Alfred's there too, like, and obviously Robin John Blake is there to take care of Gotham City. Like, is he a, is he a Nightwing? Is he going to be a different kind of Batman? Like, you know, you that's, that's the beauty of having that imagination, your imagination run wild. Now, will Christopher Nolan ever come back and do a fourth Batman movie with Christian Bale? doing like a legit kind of maybe Dark Knight Returns or Batman Beyondish kind of movie? Maybe. I don't know. I don't see it happening anytime soon because obviously he's not really yeah. happy with Warner Brothers, but I'll just say never say never. I, the, granted, we're talking about Christopher Nolan here. The man just made Oppenheimer the most highest grossing biopic of all time. He's a very, uh -huh. like, when he, when he sets his mind to do what he wants to do as far as film goes, he's going to do it. There's no stopping him. Um, but, you know, Christian Bale has said on more than one occasion, I will do another Batman movie if Christian Nolan wants to do it. Um, Christian Nolan was recently asked, will you ever direct another superhero movie? He did say no, but I would also just counterpoint that with technically Batman is not a superhero. Yeah. Very true. But, again, like I, I would really love... People want to see Michael Keaton's Batman and Tim Burton's Batman like do the whole Batman Beyond thing, and I'm like, you know... I'm good. I don't need to see that. I really yeah, after, don't. After what I saw with Flash, eh, nah. Yeah, no. Okay. I'm all right. Don't need it. I would, I would much rather, personally, I would much, it, at least to me, it just makes more sense that a Batman Beyond would kind of fit maybe just a little bit better in the Dark Knight universe because obviously that third movie introduces the Bat. One can make the argument that the Bat more or less kind of could maybe be a Batmobile for a Batman Beyond. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Dude, I'm just going to go outside and wring that dog's neck. Oh my god. It is <laughs> it is just driving driving me up a wall. Like I I I wish people would just bring their dogs in if they're just barking like what why? Why why I feel like if, if feel like i want to call the russian from the dark night my dogs are hungry and then just have them like go tear up you know the the sons of batman and hockey pads like go go yep. run after them go bite them stop barking and interrupting my podcast holy shit oh my god i'm gonna you know if if i can't even hear any of this in the in the post i may just scrap all of this i don't know 
we'll see. Anyway. Yeah, I can very faintly hear them. Okay, then I guess it won't be that big of a deal. Yeah. For anyone who likes your clear, clean audio, I'm sorry. You're going to have to deal with barking dogs very faintly. <laughs> but um, speaking of Robin, there were some rumors circulating around the web a little while ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, about the potential of having Dick Grayson show up in the Batman Part 2. Now, Craig, how do you feel about that? Um, you know, I think we talked about it in a previous episode. Um, I think it could work, um, but I think you and I even agreed on it, is the fact that, like, if we introduce a Robin, we don't have to do the whole order. Just throw him in there. I think I'd actually kind of be okay with that if Robin was just already there, established with Bruce, and maybe they're dealing with the fallout of the Riddler stuff, you know, whatever's going on in Batman 2. Um, I'd be okay with it, but at the same time, I feel like the direction that they seem to be taking this Batman, it seems to be a very personal story. Yes. You know, between him finding, I mean, the things that we found out about the Waynes as the Batman progressed, this seems to very much focus, this is a very Bruce-centered story. So I personally don't think that Robin would be necessary, especially now that we, I mean, now that we know that we're going to be getting Brave and the Bold, that we'll for sure have a Robin in there. Right. Who know and potentially an entire bat family. I don't think it necessarily needs to be in there. Um but you know, I trust Reeves as a director after what he gave us with the Batman, so I'd be curious to see if he did move forward with it, but it's not necessarily something I think that is necessary for this this universe that they're setting up. I think it's an interesting idea to play with. Um yeah. given given that the first film takes a lot of inspiration from the long Halloween. The follow-up, obviously, is Batman Dark Victory, and in that story, yep. they do, towards the tail end of it, not so much the beginning of it, but the, towards the tail end of it, they do establish uh, Haley Circus. they establish Tony Zuko, they establish, you know, Tony Zuko being the one that killed Robin's parents, and obviously, if Dark Victory is a follow-up to the long Halloween, one could assume that, obviously, you know, if you're taken from the long Halloween for the first film, there is a chance maybe Dark Victory could be some kind of basis for the for the follow-up because there is mm -hmm. there is precedent for a lot of things in Dark Victory that that piggyback from Long Halloween, like for example the Hangman killings, uh, Sophia Falcone. Obviously, she's going to be a character in the Penguin show. Um, there's a lot there you could pull from it. Even like having Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent's a pretty pivotal character in both Long Halloween and Dark Victory, and I think you and I are pretty much in lockstep in that we're pretty much banking on Harvey Dent to show up in either Penguin or Batman Part 2. Oh, for sure. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he gets introduced in the Penguin, but I think for sure we're going to see Harvey Dent in the Batman Part 2. I, I would almost take that check to the bank. It's just not yeah, quite written just yet. Given the fact that like the mayor, the new mayor of Gotham made it explicitly clear that her goal is to get corruption out of Gotham and that she, I think there was a quote in that film where she says something like, like my camp, like my cabinet is going to be people who believe in justice and all that right. kind of stuff. Right. Well, who is that? Who, I mean, right off the bat, if you're a Batman fan, you're going, well, we're going to see Harvey Dent. Right. 
and I think I think the idea of having a Dick Grayson as the Robin to Pattinson's Batman juxtaposed to having Damien be the bat be the Robin to an older Bruce and the Brave and the Bold, I think it's possible. I just I just don't know because obviously yeah. you know James Gunn is the head of DC Studios and he obviously has some slight oversight on the Batman saga Matt Reeves is handling now. They have also said that that is an Elseworlds label. They're free to do whatever they want. I mm-hmm. certainly hope that is the case because, well, based on seeing The Flash and seeing Shazam Fury of the Gods and seeing Peacemaker, I am really in the camp of not being all that overtly excited for what James Gunn has in store for anything DC related. So to me, it's I look at Batman Brave and the Bold and I'm like, you know, I'm excited. I want to see Batman and Damien. Like, I want to see that happen. And Muschietti, of all the flaws with the Flash movie, the best thing in it was the Batman stuff. I mean, debatably, the best stuff that wasn't Flash-related to me was the Batman stuff. And if you get him to do Batman and you let him do his own thing, you let him cast his own Batman, you let him cast Damien, you let Muschietti make the movie he wants to make... And not jerk them around and dick them around like they did with the Flash. Granted, that wasn't necessarily all guns purview because there were two other regimes passed before him, right? Because you had Walter Hamada who wanted to do an ending with Michael Keaton and Sasha Kaye. Then you had Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi who were like, no, let's get the whole gang back together. Let's get Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Michael Keaton, Sasha Kaye. They were all in this. And then you got James Gunn going, how many Batman can we get? And it's like... I have I mean, look at look at what Andy Muschietti was able to do with it. Yes, a film that he had. I mean, to my knowledge, he had quite a bit of control. I'm sure there was some studio influence in there, but that very much. If that is what he is capable of with something like that, then yes, give him the free reign to do what he wants with Batman. He better. I hope so. He better because I am. I am so terrified for Aquaman 2. Right. I am I am so absolutely terrified for what is going to go what is going to happen with Aquaman 2. Now, of my DC pillars of characters, Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. They're my big mm-hmm. four. They've always been my yeah. big four, right? So, there are James Wan was recently interviewed after the trailer debuted for Aquaman Part Two, or sorry, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, I should say. And obviously, you know, we've talked about, you know, there's been a Michael Keaton cameo that was filmed, and there has also been apparently a Ben Affleck cameo that was filmed. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Wan, sorry, James Wan has said as such in this interview that he was asked outright, point blank, uh, you know, there were Batman cameos that might have been cut, might not have been cut. Well, is could Batman still show up in your movie? Smartly, he says no comment. Now, you could take that one way or the other. Because I look at what happened with The Flash, and I'm more inclined to believe, again, you know, this is just purely based off of, again, what we've seen with The Flash. He cut out Henry Cavill. He cut out Gal Gadot. He inserted George Clooney. Do I really think there's an opportunity for Ben Affleck's Batman or Bruce Wayne to be in Aquaman 2? With James Gunn and his, as head of DC Studios, I find that to be a lot less likely. Now, yeah. the other side of the coin for me is James Wan is the only one to deliver 
a billion dollar comic book movie in that universe mm -hmm. right yep. so it would stand reason to believe let the guy make the movie the way he wants to make it well and like you and i talked about when when you saw the trailer, i was at work when the trailer released so mm -hmm. i didn't get a chance to watch it until later that day but you and i were both like what we liked about this trailer is it is entirely aquaman yes there is there is no hint whatsoever in this trailer of multiverse stuff of cameos of anything like that this is a central lot or it appears to be a centralized aquaman storyline which is exactly what we wanted from the flash we wanted it to be a flash movie not a multiverse throw every character you can think of in their type of film but i just get this feeling man i uh, i think i said it before like i think the entirety of the film is going to be an aquaman focused film and then i think either at the end or in a post credit sequence or something they're gonna i just have this feel we're gonna get another flash type either ending or a flash type post credit sequence I hope not. I hope not. I don't want I... that to be true. I really don't want, but man, I just have this feeling it's well, also, be that way. Also, also, look back to when before when Gunn was talking about his plan. He was talking when he was talking about the films that were gonna come out this year. He says something to the effect about Shazam Fear of the Gods. Then he says like the Flash is like best superhero movies ever made. And then he says something about Blue <laughs> Then then he said something about then we got Blue Beetle coming up. It's a fun one. And then all he says about Aquaman, and th this is literally all he says about Aquaman. He says, and then there's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And then he moves on to his slate. And it's that's all, just, I'm, I'm, I'm. That's just, that's just so petty. I'm also going. Petty and immature. I'm also going to point out the fact that he has not at all promoted Aquaman 2. The trailer, none of it. Because it's not his. And, and, and not only because I don't think it's his. I just get the feeling that he kind of looks at Aquaman the same way as a lot of other comic book nerds did back in the day. I think mm -hmm. he thinks Aquaman is a joke. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You, you know what? I don't even want to go on a James Gunn tirade right now because, like, Aquaman is one of my favorite characters. And I think Zack Snyder and James Wan made a very abundant point to, like, bring him back from that jokey bullshit mm -hmm. and the fact we're going right back to it now just really really does not sit well with me yep like i i do not want aquaman i i don't want him to be the joke dude i don't want flash being like hey do you get you do you, do you sleep with fish <laughs> or like do i want other people in the universe to be like oh yeah he talks to fish ha 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 and it's like yeah people really do not understand just how powerful and badass Aquaman is. And it's like, um, you know, you guys talk all this shit about Aquaman, but you guys don't at all talk about how, how like Namor is a total absolute piece of shit in the comic books. Right. But he, his costume looks even more ridiculous than Aquaman's because all Namor wears is freaking underwear. <laughs> yeah. But look, I, I digress. The main point is, is I really am just, very very trepidatious about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Now, the trailer leads me to believe I'm in for a great time. 
Yeah, the trailer looks amazing. But to Craig's... I was, I was honestly floored by that trailer. But to Craig's point, I really, really hope that there is not some goof-ass post-credit sequence or, like, him being, like, super pissed drunk and falling into... Po- which, to me, feels kind of inconsistent. Because uh-huh. if you've watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, Aquaman takes a freaking bottle of gym, downs yeah, and it, and then gets in the water. It, yeah. Right? In in the Aquaman movie, he makes it a point to tell us, wow, my dad can out-drink me under the table, and I'm freaking Atlantean. Mm -hmm. But you're going to sit here and tell me that at the end of The Flash, Aquaman gets so pissed drunk he falls in a freaking puddle? Right. What? I don't know. And again, for absolutely no, there is no reason, there's no point to that after credit sequence. Do I think Andy Muschietti directed that? Yeah. Do I think he directed that at the behest of somebody else? Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. I don't at all think that that was the initial post-credit sequence that they intended to have. Mm-mm. Now, granted, they can go out there and say it public. Oh, yeah, we always plan to. No, I doubt that. We've seen stu- this studio screw directors like this before. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that at all. And you know what? There are going to be people on the internet who are going to ball fondle James Gunn and say everything he's doing is exactly what DC what needs to happen for DC, and I'm like, you are entitled to your opinion, and that's where I will leave it at that. But whether or not Batman shows up in Aquaman two, I would certainly hope that if again I am speaking entirely hypothetically out of my ass here, so I really hope no one comes after my throat. Oh, you're saying James? No, 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 no. Do not put words in my mouth. This is just my opinion and nothing more than a hypothetical. In the event that James Gunn looked at Aquaman 2 and told James Wan, you have to take that Batman scene out, I would certainly hope James Wan went, um, my movie was the only one that made a billion dollars. I'm keeping that scene mm-hmm. in it. Absolutely. I would certainly hope that if the, a conversation like that took place, I would certainly hope that James Wan had the fortitude to be like, nah, it's staying. But, you know, as we've seen, powers that be tend to override the people that make the movies. So, I don't know. December's going to come and go, and, you know, I'm going to watch that movie. I'm going to be there day one. Do I give a shit if Mara's, like, in the majority of the movie? No, not particularly. Does that mean I hate Amber Heard? No, not at all. But I will also take James Wan at his word that this movie was meant to be a buddy film between him and his brother Orm. I'm going to take yeah. him at his word for that. Yeah. Do I think the studio might have had some editing to do with that given Amber Heard's public trial with her ex-husband? I think that is a plausible assumption to come to. I think so. Does that kind of bum me out? Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah, because I think, honestly, of all the roles Amber Heard's been in, Mare is probably the best one she's had. But that's just me personally. I was also thinking about how... You know, Shazam flopped. Flash flopped. I'm not going to call Blue Beetle a flop because it wasn't ever really... It didn't start out to be a theatrical release, right? So I'm not going to sit there and call that a flop. I would say that if any of these movies potentially have a chance of making a buck at the box office... I said it about Blue Beetle and it's... You know, it made its budget back and it's going to hit digital in a week and it's probably going to go to max sometime soon after that. That, to me, is just going to be cherry on top, extra you know flavor for that film it 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 will get that extra revenue will likely get it in the green or the black whatever it is yeah but 
if you look at why The Flash failed, Ezra Miller was the lead actor. Now, I'm not at all saying that the controversy had anything to do with it, but I will say that Ezra Miller does not have the same kind of star power that Jason Momoa has. He wasn't, no, wasn't quite the box office draw that people anticipated it to be. And even Michael Keaton being in that movie wasn't the box office draw people thought it was for sure going to be. So, to me, it really does feel like um, that if any of these movies have a chance of really making something, at least more than $300 million at the box office, I'm kind of hoping it might be Aquaman, but... I don't know, dude. I really don't know. Like, it's been a very bleak year for DC films live, uh, in the live-action side of things. Well, and just the fact that, like, we just now finally got a trailer for Aquaman, and this film comes out in two months. Right. Three. Three. Sorry. Three months. Yeah, yeah three. no. I mean, it's the shortest window in which, you know, you had a trailer-to-movie release date, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad we finally saw something of this movie. So, you know... I'm, I'm there day one. I, if Batman's in it, cool. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it here on the show if he does show up. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's Ben Affleck, I'll be even more over, over overjoyed. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, ha- I have no idea. I have absolutely zero clue of what's what's going to happen with Aquaman 2. But um, I think uh, we can finally get to the meat of what we promised our audiences so many weeks ago. Because <laughs> we're talking about movies and what we'd like to see in movies. So, yeah, you know. Um Craig and I are making good on this promise. We didn't even bring up the fact this is our 50th episode. Yeah, it's crazy. 5-0. We are now an hour into this episode, and it's our big 5-0. So congrats, buddy. Here's to 50 more. Let's make it to 100. Yeah, absolutely. And then 150, and then 200, then so on and so forth. Um, but, yeah, you know, Craig and I had this idea that we, we you know, I I know I read a lot of Batman. I know Craig probably reads a lot of Batman, too. There, there are stories that have been done in animation, I think, this kind of prompted us because we were talking about Justice League War World, more or less, and some other stuff, yep. too. And um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We chose five. My list has 14 on it. <laughs> but we, we but I'm taking I'm taking my top five, but we are going to do some honorable mentions. So, Craig, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your honorable mentions of movies that we would like to see get made in animated form. Yeah. So, my first honorable mention... It's kind of a weird one because there is already a release of this, Uh Um, but I want to see a, I guess you would say, a proper animated movie release of Injustice because that Injustice movie we got last year, ah, that ain't it. Mm, That was... Okay. To me, that was pretty lackluster. I was disappointed to say the least with that injustice uh animated movie that came out last year um i think that if they were given the time and the ability to make it more congruent with the graphic novels and the storyline that they had set up i think it could be a real animated treat but uh yeah that one from last year just said that ain't it (laughs) i've got problems with that movie but i'm not I'm I'm not one of those people who's like boo hiss I hate it. I'm not saying you are, but I'm just I'm just Yeah, I wouldn't say I hate it. I just there were just certain the way they took out the flash. Yes. Just... Yeah, that 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 was the first thing I was going to say and I'm glad you said it yeah. because that was just nonsense because if you play the Injustice game, you know Flash doesn't die. Yeah. yeah. I was just like I thought what I the felt hell? like that was and that happened what that's like the first 10 minutes of the film. Yep. 
and I was just like, okay, so we're starting off with that. Um, it's not looking good for what's going to continue. I and will is it, again, is it horrible? It's not horrible. I will but say, it's, just, it's not what I wanted. I will say, I'm actually quite surprised they 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 did the dead wing thing from the comic. Yes, I was too. I was genuinely surprised by that. Yeah. That's a, that's so, yeah. A, okay, I'll take that. Um Holy crap, I don't even know what one I'm going to choose for my honorable bitch. <laughs> um I guess for my first one I will say you know, we talked about it a little earlier, uh Batman Dark Victory. <laughs> Funny enough, that was my next honorable mention. I I, I will just <laughs> I will just say that, you know, we yeah, we've seen Robin's Reckoning, right? Like we've seen um, you know, Batman obtain Robin in the Batman TV show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've seen a couple different Robins over a couple different animated mediums, but I would actually... Son of Batman. Son of Batman, you're right, yeah. I would actually really like to see Dark Victory done in its entirety, yes, but more so because I really want to see um, Batman and... Like, I want to see Bruce and Dick, like, do the, the ritual in the cave with the candle. I want to see mm-hmm. that live action, and they do that in that book. And I want to see that. I really want to see that. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Dark Victory. Well, and we got and the thing is too, it, it would make sense to do Dark Victory because we already have the Long, Long Halloween. Halloween, right? So just bring that team back because, in my opinion, they delivered really well with the Long Halloween uh, I adaptation. I agree. So bring that team back, bring those voice actors back, and give us Dark Victory. Okay, you also said Dark Victory was your second one, so I'm going to go ahead and list off yep. another one. Um, I'm going to say, of the 14 here, obviously my five are going to be, my top five are going to be my five, but the, the six through 14 of another honorable mention, I'm going to choose Batman Battle for the Cow. I want to see an animated okay. movie where Batman is believed to be dead and it's up to the Batman family to figure out who the next Batman is going to be. Yeah, that would be cool. Because there is a stellar fight there between Jason Todd as a gun-totting Batman and Nightwing at the end that just rules so hard. And there's yeah. a, it's also got Tim Drake in it. It's got freaking Damian Wayne stealing a Batmobile and taking a joyride. Oh, I love that. Oh, man. I kind of wish they would have done that in the, the new 52 animated universe. I kind of wish they would have done a Battle for the Cowl movie, but, you know, it is what it is. They kind of do it in, uh, what's the third one? Bad Blood? They kind of yeah. do it, but I, I literally want, like, I want Battle for the Cowl. Because Battle for the Cowl, when Battle for the Cowl happens, when, when like, word gets out that Batman is dead... Gotham plunges into a worse hell than the Dark Knight Rises. Like, all of the villains go straight up evil, tearing the city apart. Like, there's a new Black Mask. Oh, man, this this book is nuts. Uh, that sounds like... That'd be a... That'd be crazy. I mean, could they do it all in one animated film? Maybe not. Oh, like, actually... Two-parter for that? It's not at all a big book, so I think they could do it in one movie. Hmm. Okay. But then again, I think it, the only the only downside is, is you kind of have to explain how Batman died, and Battle for the Cow literally happens right after Final Crisis. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So you basically kind of, 
if you wanted to do like a traditional battle for the cow if you really wanted to be a stickler about continuity you kind of need to do final crisis beforehand hmm. or you could just write you, you pick it up right where the story leaves off like batman's dead gotham's in hell and it's up to the batman family to figure out who the next batman's gonna be yeah yeah so kind of a uh a better version than a uh, gotham knights more or less yeah yeah more, more or less even though that last episode was great or i meant not the tv show the uh, oh video oh game. oh oh the video oh game. that game yeah. yeah i was in gamestop yesterday and i saw that and i went "Ooh, gotham knights <laughs> yeah it's uh it's apparently going to uh, xbox game pass next month good for them yeah the only way i'd probably play it would be for free i'm not playing that game ever again <laughs> i'm sorry I, to anyone who loves that game good for you i'm i i can't i just don't want to okay that game was a big 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 missed opportunity in my opinion yeah all right so let's see uh next honorable mention for me so this one is more on the fact that uh they delivered such a good crossover with the batman tmnt um my i was originally going to say just do batman team and t2 but then i started thinking and i started delving deeper um i think this would be really interesting as an animated film uh batman elmer fudd (laughs) (laughs) okay i think that would be funnier than batman and harley quinn i think so because the thing is the graphic novel takes itself very seriously i've heard about this book it's it yeah. i think i think tom king wrote it right uh yes i yeah. do believe I, yes i, I yes. do believe it was tom king who wrote that yeah uh so yeah just i'll just give a quick little thing this is just a quick synopsis uh where to go here it is um in the dc universe elmer fudd is recast as a hired gun who lives in gotham city he finds the low-level crook bugs at porky's a bar in the heart of the city the bar is full of other gotham inspired versions of the looney tunes characters including a madman brawler named taz an alcoholic who believes himself marvin the martian and a slick poker hustler version of foghorn leghorn (laughs) okay okay i have to read this now because i've heard about this book and i thought it was just you know Tom King doing Batman and Elmer Fudd. I did not realize it was... Oh, no, no, no. It they, plays it straight. Yeah, that's epic. Okay, I'm going to try and pick that up. That sounds freaking awesome. Yep. I have, uh, I have Fudd, to get that. Fudd has come to kill him for murdering Gotham socialite Silver St. Cloud, who Elmer was in love with. However, Bugs reveals that he was paid off to kill her, claiming it was her ex-boyfriend Bruce Wayne who had put the hit out on her in the first place. So this eventually leads to Elmer hunting down Bruce, which leads to Elmer crossing paths with Batman. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Um, I'm going to order that on Amazon. That sounds like fun. That sounds right. like a lot of fun. But, I, <laughs> but you know what? Since it's Warner Brothers animation, you could absolutely see them doing something like this. Yes, and that's why I was like, man, this would work. This would absolutely work as a Warner Brothers animated film. And that's just that's just it. I, with James Gunn apparently taking over everything and having like a hand in animation, I'm just like you know, 
can you please treat animation the same way you're treating Reeves and, and Todd Phillips, Joker and the Batman? Can you let them also do their own thing too? Cause let's be right. real. They were, they are great at what they do when they hit and they hit hard. They've had some misses over the years, over the last few years. I will, I will concede that. Sure. But more often than not, the animation for DC has always been top tier more yeah. often than not. Granted, like I said, you know, over the last few years, there have been, you know, some mediocre to outright stinkers. Let's be real. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's but, been some stumbles along the way, but oh, yeah. overall, pretty solid stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. One... Hell, we've done some commentaries on some of those. I this... mean, Doom? Yes. Just like Doom, we did. You're right. You know, I think for Halloween, maybe we should do Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Because that, be that's without yeah. a shadow of a doubt, like one of their... Okay. If you ask me, like, some of their best animated films, I'm automatically going to list off Mask of the Phantasm, Return of the Joker, Under the Red Hood, and The Dark Knight Returns. Like, those are easily the, the, the top four for me if I had, a, like, a top four or five. If I could pick a fifth one, I would probably say Long Halloween, the deluxe Long Halloween. Yeah, I would say Long Halloween, or I think for me, because I, I really, really dug it when I saw it earlier this year, uh, The Doom That Came to God. That's another good one, yeah, you're right. That or even, or even actually, That might be a good Halloween one, honestly. Same with Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another fun one, which, ironically enough, I actually don't own either of the graphic novels that inspired that movie. Yeah, I don't think I have either of those either. Yeah, in due time. In due time. Okay, uh, the last... Honorable mention, because I think we, were, we decided only three, right? Yes. Okay, so my third one, this one's actually kind of a, a hodgepodge of a couple different stories from the same writer. So basically, um, Dark Knight's Metal, Death Metal, Batman Who Laughs, Last Night on Earth, that, more or less, Dark Knight's Metal. I want to see Scott Snyder's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Dark Knight's Metal turned into an animated series. Like, that would be legit. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I see you, Craggy. I see yeah. you. Okay. But yeah, I for sure would love to see that done in animation. I would just absolutely die to see that. But, um, okay. Well, that, since that's, that's that, I guess we can kind of move on from, you know, it, actually, you know what? Since you picked, since you're not ready to talk about that one, I'll pick a different one. Yeah, sure. One, one last one. This is a yeah. fun one. This is absolutely a fun one. I would love to see, and I'm sure they could do it if they wanted to. Tom Taylor's deceased. Oh yeah, I remember. So I remember when we were starting this podcast, you told me about deceased, and I looked into that, and holy hell, I that one wasn't even in my radar. But that would be a crazy animated film. Okay. Basically, deceased is Tom Taylor. I've seen the sentiment said like, "Oh, this is Tom Taylor doing Marvel zombies." Oh mm-hmm. no, no, this Th- is something entirely. This, this is this is better than Marvel zombies, if you ask me this, personally. Yeah, this is uh, I would almost say like this is DC's Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes. So basically, this is a whole. This is beyond zombies. So basically, the premise of this, how this all this whole this whole story kicks off, Darkseid takes control of Cyborg, calls on the Black Rider, injects the Black Rider, like some of the Black Rider's DNA into Cyborg and in himself, basically integrating the anti-life equation and turns it into a freaking techno virus, 
Right. And then he unleashes it on Earth. And then all of the world becomes technified zombies because mm-hmm. once once Cyborg connects to the internet, it's basically like Skynet. Oh, man. Yeah. And, oh, man, the way Tom Taylor takes out Batman and the majority of the Batman family in this book is yep. freaking vicious. Well, oh. I haven't read I don't think I've read the entire thing, but I do recall early on in it, there's literally a point where the bat computer tells batman that 600 million, million people, people have been infected yes. by the virus. Yes. That is 100% true. Yes. And okay, let me just put it to you this way. I'm going to quote Tom Taylor word for word here because when this series was announced, the first thing he said and I quote, nobody is safe. Yep. And he makes such a good he makes so good on that promise dude this book is nuts like you'll turn the page like there will be something great happening then you'll turn the page and you'll see someone die and you're like oh man Mm -hmm. like it's legitimately heart-wrenching i'm adding this to my amazon list like as we speak oh dude this this is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt one of the best books dc's done in years tom taylor is a top-notch dc writer i love the fact that he is writing stuff for dc he's got a great nightwing run he does dark knights of steel he did deceased oh dude like that whole deceased storyline is just freaking epic i love it and it's oh here we go yeah 1799 for the whole thing it, hell yes it, it it's my number six it it almost made the five. It almost yeah. made the five. But since we're now at, at the five, why don't you go ahead and let everyone know what your number five is? All right. So number five. Now, this one, it is one that I read back in the day. I would say probably I might have even – was I still in high school? No, I couldn't have been. Um, oh, no, you got me thinking. Which one is it? Hmm. Um, so for me, this is just – I could imagine the artwork in this graphic novel brought to animated form would just be insanity, to say the least. Um, Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth. Oh, Grant Morrison, yes! Yes. Yes, 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 Basically yes. Basically the book that inspired Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah. But unlike, obviously for the video game, <laughs> excuse me, you have to incorporate a lot of action, a lot of fighting. That's not what this book is. It is a very uh, cerebral, psychological, yes, yeah, cerebral affair. And the the artwork in this is just it epitomizes what Arkham Asylum is and the people who inhabit that asylum. So I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I know of this book. I've seen pages of this book. <laughs> I have not read this book. I have read. I read it. Uh, I recall reading it, but I mean, it's been years since I read it. Do you own but it? But I just read. Uh, I don't think I own it. I think I might have. Mm, this might have been. I had a friend back when I still worked in, at GameStop in California, uh-huh. and he would let me borrow Batman graphic novels from him, and this was one that I borrowed from okay. him. <clears throat> excuse me yeah i am well aware of this book you know matter of fact when i had the dc infinite subscription or whatever it was basically mm-hmm. the, the the online comic that dc has 
I think I might have read it there because I know for sure I read all of Tom King. Tom, wow, I almost said Tom King. I almost got them confused just like everyone else does on the internet. <laughs> I read all of Tom Taylor's Injustice on the DC Infinite app. Like when I was bored at my, my call center job, I would like read – I would read comics. I would read comics on yeah. my computer because that's just how I – spent time that's that's exactly what i did i would read comics and i think arkham asylum house serious house of serious like i read that in passing i might have read yeah. it there but i don't own that book but i think i might add it to my amazon list for christmas um mine my number five is also in the same kind of vein purely because i would love to see how this art would be adapted into an animated form um it's also a christmas story as well if anyone, you can already guess where I'm going with this if you know what I just said. Um, mm. And also, I got this book very recently to talk about it on our friend show, uh, the Nerd Night Nation show with Jared and Melissa, to talk about this book in particular for Christmas stories, um, Batman Knoll. Mm, okay. Batman Knoll is my number five. So basically, this is a Christmas carol under the guise of a Batman story. Interesting. More or less. This is a Christmas carol told through the guise of a batman story batman is more or less visited by three individuals who you know you have ghost of christmas past ghost of christmas present ghost of christmas future but you swap it out with like certain dc characters the joker plays a part uh superman plays a part the dead robin they, they so tiny the tiny tim character in in the book is robin where the, the kid's dead and in this book it's dick grayson and i i, I want to say that this was actually part of the influence for the reason why Snyder chose to have Dick Grayson be the dead Batman, or, wow, the dead Robin in Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. Mm, okay. Beca because Dick is the dead Robin in this story. It's not Jason. Mm. And again, if you're familiar with Lee Bermejo's art, it's very much like Alex Ross, but it's a lot more grittier, it's a lot more refined, and, like, the look of Batman throughout, like, Batman Knoll, um, also, what's the other one, the Joker book that Bermejo did, too, like, it's very much in that same very realistic style of art, and I would really love to see this style brought to life in animation. Yeah, I'm looking at, like, the cover, and I'm looking at a few pages, and I mean, this is very, very gritty, very intense artwork. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a really good story. I, I, I'm act, I actually make it a point to read it almost every Christmas since 2019 when, we, when I did that show with Jared and Melissa. Nice. It's a good book. I enjoy it. Wow, did we really right. do that episode in 2019? I don't remember when that episode happened, but yeah, I know for sure that we I did that. We reviewed that book for for the for one of their episodes. Shout out to the Nerd Night Nation podcast, everybody! So go ahead and check out Jared <laughs> Jared Boots and Melissa Nicholson's podcast. Just uh, Nerd Night Nation. Check that out everywhere. Um, we are moving on from okay. So my number five is Batman Noel. Your number five was Arkham Asylum. What is your number mm -hmm. four? Number four, Nightfall. Shut up! Shut up! See, Are you I serious? Want to see a story of Nightfall. Yep. That's funny because my number four is Nightfall. <laughs> there we go. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. That's yeah, so. Again, if you've if you've listened to our show, if you've been listening to us, we don't go over our list prior. No, no, we do not. Um, we may hint at what might be on our lists for sure yeah. to each other, but um, yeah. 100% I'm with Craig like Nightfall is a easily without a shadow of a doubt I, I've been saying that a lot this past episode mm. that just might be the title of the episode without a shadow of a doubt <laughs> um no Nightfall you do Nightfall Night Quest Night End 
I think you have a solid trilogy of animated films there. Oh, for sure. And honestly, who the hell wouldn't want to watch Batman get his back broken? Come on. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got you got Bane, you've got Batman getting his back broken. Maybe they, if they want to stay true to it, you introduce Azrael. You bring in this this psychotic Batman who is obsessed uh, with justice to the point that, like, okay. this Batman does not hold back. He let's, will murder the criminals. Let's back it up a little bit to Nightfall, though. So, with Nightfall, we get, we, not only would we get that, we would get a tactical Bane who mm-hmm. goes out of his way to break out every single villain in Arkham Asylum just to have Batman wear himself out to yep. the point of physical exhaustion so when the time comes... Bane storms Wayne Manor. Matter of fact, that's another sticking point of Nightfall, is Bane is cognizant enough to figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. And that is his entire crux of his plan. He's going to weaken him and exhaust him to the point of physical just exertion, just done. He cannot do anything, and then he storms into the Batcave and just breaks his back. And I want to see that iconic, that iconic line of, Break you over the knee! I need to see that in animation. Because, you know, in animated form, like, him breaking Batman's back in The Dark Knight Rises, that was impactful. It's oh, a yeah. whole other level if, if they go true to the graphic novel in an animated form to see his body bend over Bane's gigantic knee. Exactly. Not only that, it, here's where here's where my, my Batman fan I'm also going to come in. You also get to see the Riddler in Scarecrow. I love mm-hmm. Riddler, and I love Scarecrow. Why not? Yeah. Because I think, matter of fact, like, Riddler actually gets to take a little bit of the Bane's venom, and, like, Batman actually has, like, a harder time trying to take him out because of it. <laughs> I think. Been, I don't know. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've read the entire Nightfall storyline. Same. Same. And I have it all. I'm looking at it right now. Like, I, I... Okay, so I have... Not only do I have Nightfall, Night Quest, Night End, but I also have Prodigal and Troika, which take place after Nightfall and, Night, and Night's End. Hmm. Which they are really great stories where Dick Grayson actually is Batman for a little while in that too. Because after the whole Azrael bit, Bruce kind of feels bad about not having Dick take up the mantle in wake of him getting his back broken. So that, while Batman's also kind of still recovering after being Batman and he also dons the black suit, Dick takes over the role of Batman for a little while in Prodigal and I think Troika. It's been a minute since Mm. I've read those books, but yeah, that's more or less the gist of it. Okay. Well, that was number four. Um, I'll go ahead and do number three for me. Um, my number three is Batman and the Outsiders. Ooh, okay. Now, this is written by J.O. Barr. Is it John O'Barr? Oh, I'm going to have to look up who, who wrote this. But artist from Jim Aparo, who did uh, Batman Death and the Family, famously, obviously, for the killing of Jason Todd. Um, but this story, the premise of it basically is I don't need to see like a full trilogy from the three volumes that are here. But more, it's Mike Barr, there we go. More or less, the premise of this is, uh, the Justice League is siding with the government more than Batman likes to, and Batman flat out quits the Justice League and decides to form his own, like, Black Ops team of characters. So it's Batman, Black Lightning, Metamorpho, Halo, Katana, and Geoforce. If you've if you've seen season three of Young Justice, you basically get what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, more or less, like Batman creates his not necessarily a Justice League, but he he he. 
forms a unity, a unit of people who operate outside of, you know, government, national, uh, you know, confines. Like, he basically creates his own black ops squadron of superheroes where they go around and they handle shit. And it's, yeah. a, it's a dope idea, and I love it. I also, again, I'm a huge Jim Aparo fan. I want to see. And it would really be nice to, see, like, go back to that uh, that old. I would even say, like, I, I think this could even work. Like, if you do a darker story like this, but in the same animation style as, like, say, Super Friends. Mm, or even, yeah. like, even like Justice League, the old JLU Bruce Timm stuff. Like, I would love to see Batman and the Outsiders done in one of those two animation styles. I mean, who knows? I mean, we do have the uh, the Cape Crusader coming at some point. Maybe we get something along those lines. Uh, I don't know about that. I think that's going to be a lot more attuned to like Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, probably. Because it's it's that's Bruce Timm's brainchild, and he's apparently like getting to go. He's going to push the envelope a little further than he could with Batman the Animated Series, which I'm and, and it's going to Amazon yeah. too. So it's it's not like they're not privy to stuff like that. I mean, for God's sakes, Amazon produces the boys so and invincible yeah true 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 and i'm <laughs> excuse me and again this is also warner brothers animation so i'm probably expecting the animation to look a lot better than invincible i'm actually one of those people who looks at invincible and goes yeah the voice cast is great the animation isn't yeah it's fine for what it is it's nothing astounding that might also me just be me being a little cynical towards robert kirkman <laughs> because that dude sold out so hard with Walking Dead, but that's a whole different conversation. Anyway, um, what's your what what is your number three, my friend? So number three is a little bit of an oddball because I have not. I remember bits and pieces. This is um, this is going back way back to our early episodes. Um, I have not read this in a very long time, and honestly, it's too expensive for me to go out and purchase. But the idea of it, to see it in an animated film, is too good to pass up. Uh, Batman versus Predator. Ah, you know what? I should have anticipated this was going to be on your list. Yep, because it gave us... Um, I remember on our episode where we were talking about our favorite bat suits, and you had never seen the bat suit that he wore in the, in the fight with Predator, and I sent that to you, and you're like, holy shit, this looks amazing. And yeah, um, just the, the idea that the Predator would come to Gotham City and what that could entail with the Predator battling. Basically, I do recall, and I did look at the um, story summary, and I do remember this. Batman basically gets his ass kicked the first time he fights the Predator to mm -hmm. the point where he basically has to go out of commission for a while. Bruce ends up in, like, a full-body cast. Oh, wow. Like, that's, that's how bad Predator kicks the shit out of him. Holy shit. Wow. And you then know, when he goes to confront Predator again, he hasn't fully recovered, which leads to him wearing this, but, this basically more yeah. badass version of the suit that he wore when he fought Superman. You know, I think I'm going to take that – if you send me that picture of that armored suit, I think I might use that for the, the show art on this yeah. episode, right? To see that in animated form would be fantastic. I would love to see that in animated form. I really would. The only issue I see arising from that – is that number one? Batman's owned by Warner Brothers. Predator, oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. Pred Predator, <laughs> Predator is now more or less owned by Disney. Yeah. And I'm just like, you'd have to get WB and Disney to play nice, and I don't. Yep. And, and they haven't played nice since 1988 with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yep. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
if Warner Brothers could pull it off, I mean, you know, they did te- Batman vs. Team Antique. There, there's, there has to be. If they can mm-hmm. do that, if they can legit do that, then I don't see a reason why that that couldn't happen. But at the same time, like, given given the, the nature of the, co- the content, it's just like, who would buy that? Batman and Alien fan, Batman and Predator fans, sure, but, like, are kids going to buy it? Probably not. Yeah. And I mean, you've got the predator in it. You can't have it be. It can't be a uh, it, PG thirteen exactly. <laughs> film. Exactly. It's gonna be R. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they they did the Doom that came to Gotham. That was R rated, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Uh, I. Hmm. You know, you, I'm not sure. You know what anim- into that. You know what animated movie didn't need its R rating? Was that Justice League War World? Yeah. <laughs> that movie I, did. I remember. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Like it barely, it barely gets scraped by with the R rating. I just, uh, uh, I'm sure I'll open it in a little bit, but yeah. So your number three was Batman v Predator. Yep. And I think that would be an excellent idea because damn Batman vs Predator would just be slick. Just a slick yeah, idea. I mean, rights wise, it's going to be tricky, but I mean, come on. They gave us Batman versus TMNT. Exactly, right? So <laughs> it would be really, really nice to see that. I would love to see Batman v Predator, and I would love to see just that fight because, like you, you mentioned earlier, like he he would absolutely take, you know, a beating and be in a full body cast, and then getting an armored suit. Oh my god, that would be so. And slick. the armored suit really is. It's it's just a slick. It's a more slimmed down. It really kind of – it's almost like they took – I mean, this this comic came out in the 80s. If I, It's either the 80s or early 90s. You can definitely tell that they were inspired, one, by the Dark Knight – or, um, I'm sorry. They were inspired by the suit he wore when he fought Superman. But there's even, like, a little, like, a hint of, like, a RoboCop look to it. True, yeah. And I do like that look and that costume a lot, That that suit, that armored mech suit. And like I said – or rather, like I said before, my mic was muted because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, you know, I would also kind of like to see Batman fight a Terminator. I think that'd be pretty fun. That'd be nuts. That'd be insane, right? That'd be bonkers. But yeah, like Batman fighting a Predator, man, that's... Uh, what kind of animation style do you think they'd utilize for that? Because you can't go... I, I don't think, like... The animation that they did for, like, Long Halloween, that won't work. I don't think so. No, no. It would have to be something very gritty. You know, I would actually kind of settle for, like, something akin to the new 52 animated style. Yeah. I'd settle for that. But I would also maybe also like to see something... I mean, you know, there is... That, that the, those Star Wars vision stories where they do like different animated styles versus like yeah yeah I think you know what one would actually work out really well um not quite exactly it but something akin to like that first Star Wars vision story that had the the samurai Jedi but also yeah this, yeah 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 it's the same kind of it's almost the same as Batman Ninja yeah yeah I would like to see that same kind of st- Japanese style. So, yeah, kind of a, like an anime CG blend almost. Kind of, yeah. Something like that. 
Like, there's actually some a test footage of another one that I'll send you a little, uh, after we're done recording that actually would also fit really well, too. Um, it's kind of like – it's almost like across the Spider-Verse, into the Spider-Verse, that really painty, beautiful, like, fluid type of animation. Yeah. I'd, that, I think that could work for it, too. Yeah, definitely something like that in that vein for Batman v. Predator. Now – think we're on to number two yes yeah we're on our twos okay so um my number two is actually more of a recent one and it is also the beginning of a saga written by sean gordon murphy um and it's actually kind of an interesting twist on batman's mythos um batman white knight oh okay now i have not read white knight but i've heard about it so basically uh the premise of white knight um joker rehabilitates himself he takes on his form as jack napier and basically turns gotham against batman to the point where they make batman a criminal Mm. yeah and the gcpd gets involved dick and barbara join the gcpd like jack napier goes out of his way to like you know freaking turn batman into the criminal like like they, they they lock him up it's 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 pretty it's a pretty intense book harley quinn plays a point um I'm not going to spoil certain elements that happen in later books, like White Knight, Beyond the White Knight, which introduces a version of Azrael. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm sorry. That's Curse of the White Knight. So the trilogy goes Batman White Knight, Batman Curse of the White Knight, and then Batman Beyond the White Knight. Mm. And I still need Beyond the White Knight because they do a, a twist on Batman Beyond. And I haven't read it yet, and I, and I want to. But Curse of the White Knight introduces their version of Azrael and the Azbat suit. Oh, really? Yeah, Sean Gordon Murphy, if you look at the art style of the book, he is very, very... You could see all the influences of the other Batmans that he's clearly a fan of. Like, um, for example, there are a lot of different Batmobiles that are taken from... Like, you see I, I, you see the, the 92 animated style Batmobile. I believe you see the Tumblr. Um, you also see... I want to say... Um, damn it, what's the other one that I saw? Uh... I, maybe Batman versus Superman. I think that that Batmobile might be in there too. I I might be thinking of another book, but there's a few different Batmobiles in that story that that you see, and you're like, oh, I remember where that one's from. Mm, but yeah, okay. yeah, it's a, it's a fun book. But the basic premise of it is is Joker rehabilitates himself and turns Batman into the criminal. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I highly recommend that one. Getting a lot of stuff to add to my list here. You're welcome. <clears throat> <laughs> all right so my number two uh is the one that you mentioned earlier in your honorable mentions uh dark knight's that, metal that's what i thought yeah yep that's a good one i just because and given this is primarily because i just recently i uh completed dark knight's metal a couple weeks ago i've had it for a while i just haven't gotten around to reading the whole thing and holy crap dude like <laughs> the idea of this story being an animated film probably even probably a trilogy or something along those lines because there's a lot going on in this the animation that they could pull off with this would be nuts you've got all of these just these corrupted batman from all of these dark universes you've got the batman who laughs i mean there is so much going on in this story which is probably why we haven't seen 
an animated version of it because there i mean there just is so much to it but man what a story this would be it amazes me that some of the most recent best batman villains are from the same writer court of owls right? yeah yeah mr bloom and then of course the the in my opinion the best one he's made is again the batman who laughs yeah there is <coughs> i want to know Excuse me. i wish i was there to see him come up with this character because there i can't imagine we haven't seen a villain like the batman who laughs at probably ever well this i mean this is a jeez it's it, not only is he a character from the dark multiverse which is i i want to say a thing that scott snyder came up with but i could be wrong about yeah. that but you know just the very idea of batman killing the joker but then becoming the the worst version of both of them combined mm-hmm. like you have the intelligence of batman with the insanity of the joker yep that is scary and I who also basic who is basically a servant to this yes. god. Yes. Barbatos, yes. Holy crap. Oh when man. I saw the panel where you see Barbatos, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's bonkers. It is pure insanity. And then you get to death metal, and Batman has the black lantern ring. Oh yeah. man. Oh dude. That's that those those stories are just so effing good if and in my humble these, opinion. Like I said these dark multiverse Batman that all of them could have their own animated spin-offs. I mean, you've got the Red Death, which is basically the evil Batman as the Flash. You've got uh what was it? The Drowned? Yes. You've got Yes. Batman uh you've got Dawnbreaker who's basically an evil Batman with the power of the lantern ring that he corrupts. Yeah, you've so there's got the murder machine. The I mean, Berserker. Crap. You have yeah. the or is it Berserker or Destroyer? It's one or the other. Uh I think it's so Dawnbreaker, Murder Machine, uh I think the Merciless is the other one. There we or go. no, Devast- no. Devastator. Devastator. Devastator cuz Merciless Merciless is is Batman with the Ares Ares. Basically, basically yeah. God of War. Yeah, right. Devastator is the one. Uh, it's Batman infected with the Do- Doomsday, Doomsday virus. Right, and then you have the Red Death. Yes. Which <sighs> the Flash TV show kind of botched that concept, if you ask me. Yeah. That, that I was... mean, the Red the Red Death is a Batman <laughs> who <laughs> straps Flash to the Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah. And drives until Flash basically deteriorates. This is, I mean, this story is just bonkers. That's the best way to write. That you're <laughs> you're so right, right? And then the concept of the drowned. Oh my drowned. god. Yeah. Bryce Wayne, a female yeah. version of <laughs> Batman. That's that's yeah. Atlantean. Oh my god, dude. That is Atlantean and is just declares war on the surface world yeah like that whole evil dark batman justice league is just a concept that i would love to see in animated form bro i would love to see all of that and the crazy thing is is like basically the setup of dark knight's metal they win pretty much at the very beginning of a storyline like they get introduced oh yeah they they decimate 
all the heroes. Oh, yeah. They win like it was nothing. And the whole rest of the story is Bruce and uh, Superman trying to figure out how are they going to correct this? How can you defeat this demigod and his army of evil Batman? And I, I, okay. We always talk about how Batman has a contingency plan for the Justice League. And for, mm-hmm. and for and for himself, right? I don't think he ever even contemplated like, well, what if there's an evil version of myself and there's a bunch of evil right. versions of me that also encapsulate other members of the Justice League? That that right there is Batman going, oh shit! I didn't even anticipate any of this. <laughs> and then here's the other crazy thing that just blew my mind as I'm reading it. They integrate the Court of Owls was part of this the whole time yeah they're like basically servants to this yeah and that was part of the reason why the court of owls even exists because Mm -hmm. they are there to try to bring barbados to the universe Mm -hmm. and i'm just sitting there going holy crap they had all this planned out this is insanity and this to me is why Scott Snyder is probably one of the best Batman writers in like the last twenty years. Now, granted, Hands down. Granted, you know he he had a little bit of a bump there with the the super heavy bunny bot Gordon Batman stuff, and I'm not saying it was terrible. I'm just saying it was a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, but once he really got into the, you know, I want to make an evil Batman. I was like, yes, do that. Let's see and an evil boy, version of Batman. He. Oh man, did he go? He went from going, I want to do an evil Batman, to I'm going to create an entire dark universe filled with all of these corrupt Batman, and they're all going to come together. Yep. Oh, man. It, oh. When I think about that story, I'm just like, if there's any story that should be, if there are any stories that immediately, if you ask me, should be made into animated stuff, Dark Knight's Metal, Deceased, Batman White Knight. Like yeah, notwithstanding my number 1, but like if you ask me immediately off the top of my head if I was in charge, mm-hmm. those would be the three that I'd mandate. Specifically if you're talking about like Batman or a greater DC universe. And again, like I said, you they could carry it out. You could do the Dark Knight's Metal story as an animated film. You th- give each one of those evil Batman their own animated films. I would love an entire animated film to show us the devastator to show us the origins of the batman who laughs to show us the drowned the dawnbreaker the murder machine the red death and then maybe even cap it off and give us dark knight's death metal to end it all out with i would love that like i would love that as a two-parter like you get you get dark knight's metal and then you get dark knight's death metal as the follow-up that would be that would be so slick because death metal Oh man, death metal is all sorts of insane, and I love that mm-hmm. all all of the covers and all of the opening titles are all inspired by metal bands. Yep, that's so that's so up our alley. To the point where they made a a heavy metal uh, six track EP. Yes, they made a metal soundtrack to a graphic novel. I yes. mean, come on. Yes, right, exactly. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually quite surprised that's not your number one. It just barely. There is just one storyline in particular that I'm just a little more intrigued by, but it it sat at my number one for quite a while as I was working on this list. Interesting. 
But what is your what is your number one? I'm very curious now. Death of the family. That is my number one. I admire that, but I will also say they kind of did it with Under the Red Hood, and they also did like a Death of the Family, choose your own adventure thing. But I also see the point of, yes, no, do Death of the Family completely just from start to finish. On its own, yes, exactly. A full-on, I mean, I'm talking Joker cutting his face off, you know, all of that. Oh, Death of the Family, not in the the family. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of the Family. Wow, I mixed that up hardcore, my bad. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we've talked about that. The way they've titled these things, it's easy to get them confused. But yes, yes, no, Death of of the family yeah okay okay i mean joker just that was one of the first things that i started reading again when i when you know when we started this podcast and i said i was gonna start going back and reading things that i've missed over all these years and nothing entrenched me more than that story because just you talk about an unhinged joker good god the massacre at the gcpd what he does to the bat family at the end of it yeah oh yeah this is this is joker in his most psychotic and unhinged state so i have pretty much all of scott snyder's running hardback more or less i also have the joker book that in that the thick thick joker book that is death of the family Mm. like i have that and believe you me when i say that that read is everything you just said cosine Mm. One hundred percent cosine. Yes, I would love to see that. Now that you mention it, like death of the, I'm surprised that that didn't that didn't at all make my list. So yeah, good on you for bringing that one up. Maybe you know, I think that one probably didn't make my list because that when I think about that story in comparison to Snyder's other stuff, like immediately Court of Owls kind of takes precedence, and you got Dark Knight's Metal, and then you also like take into account like Zero City, Zero Zero Year with like D- Secret City and Dark City. The, the, the whole origin with him and Riddler and the Red Hood gang, like, all that shit. Like, when I think of Scott Snyder stuff, like, Death of the Family, it's a good story, but it immediately just gets outshadowed by a lot of the other stuff Snyder's done mm-hmm. for me. Oh, for sure, yeah, But yeah. That, is, that, is a, that is a good pull. I like that. I, I do like that. Mine, mine's actually completely different. Um, I, I actually hinted at mine, might have been in the last episode or the one before that. Um... Matter of fact, I, I it, again, like I said, la- it was either the last episode or one of the ones before it. I mentioned that I had gotten this book recently for very cheap, and I would love to see it done in animated form. So no one should be too surprised with what I'm about to say. Uh, my number one is the Andy Kubert story, Damien, Son of Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Right, because it is the story that details the origin of how Damian Wayne becomes Batman and the penultimate, well, not penultimate, but the the, the, the massive issue that is Batman 666 written by Grant Morrison. But this story details how that version of Damian becomes that version of Batman. Yeah. And it is just a spectacular-looking book. I would love to see that, that art be brought to life in some fashion or another, but... Yeah, man, that, and I just love just seeing Damian Wayne as Robin holding twin swords, and I want to see that interaction of him and Rachel Ghoul and Rachel Ghoul telling him, "No, we're not going to accept you back. You're needed back in Gotham. Gotham needs a Batman, and it should be you." Yeah, because if I remember right, because I, I remember you talking about this, this was 
This was Grant Morrison writing, and I think it Andy Kubert. So Kubert did this book entirely by himself, but Andy Kubert and Grant Morrison did issue 666. Okay, okay. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's how it shook out. Matter of fact, yeah, because if I remember, this was this was the story that you had talked about um, that involved like the Joker fish, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so the Batman in question is actually Dick Grayson. Bruce Wayne's still alive. He's more or less kind of in an Alfred role, um, and he does in fact like get his face blown up by a Joker fish. There's a whole new Joker, but yeah, there's a there's a whole new Joker, but the old Joker comes back in a pretty significant way, and like it it it's a very very like. I think that one of the last panels is like um, some criminal going, "Oh shit, it's Batman!" And then Damien as Batman goes, "Damn right!" <laughs> like it's it's just such a it's such a gritty, dark book that I I'm just like, yeah, this this is my bag. I want to see this movie. Be, I want to see this be made into a movie, animated or otherwise. Well, and I mean, in it's very much in the realm of possibility. Maybe down the line, I mean, like we have talked about, we are getting brave and the bold and damien's gonna be in there so why not give damien an animated movie to kind of get people that might not know much about this character and get them associated with him leading up to brave and the bold i'd say yes to that if he wasn't already a prominent part in the dc new animated universe on top of battle for the super sons uh, that is true yeah but if 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 james gunn and i have anything in common it's that we both like damien wayne yeah which that's nice, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure anyone who listens to this show probably goes, damn, Philip really hates James Gunn. No, <laughs> I don't hate James Gunn. I don't know the man personally, so I can't necessarily hate him. I'm just not a fan of his creative decisions. Yep. Now, I, I am very much indifferent. I, I will say without a shadow of a doubt, I am not a fan of Taika Waititi. I think that man is an embarrassment to the entertainment oh, we've industry. Already made, we've already made no bones about that yeah. after my the venom episode where i went off on love and thunder you know i saw this is completely sidetracked from what we were just talking about but i saw like some um page on facebook say these are the peak top four mcu moments and one of them was like hulk coming out of like the 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 gate for ragnarok and i was like there is nothing peak about anything whatsoever in thor ragnarok and my notifications started blowing up instantly (laughs) it was it was freaking hilarious but no I would absolutely die happy if they did Damien, Son of Batman in animated form. I would love to see that story animated. That'd be awesome. Yep. Well, that's it. We have our five top five. We have our honorable mentions. Craig, we are hit episode 50. My guy, we are almost at a two-hour mark. Do you, yeah. have, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners before we sign off from the cave this evening? No, just uh, thank you to those of you that have stuck with us. Uh, I know our release schedule can get a little wonky, but again, you know, life happens. We try. We got things going on, but we try our best, and we just hope that when we do do these episodes, we hope we keep you entertained. And, you know, it's all about fun here. We know we've got our opinions, and at the end of the day, it's just all, it's all fun. Right. Exactly. I agree completely 100%. And, you know, it's not like we work for Warner Brothers Animation. It's not like we can be like, hey, make this movie. Yeah. No, th- yeah. that's, that's not how shit works, no. But the, it, it is fun coming up with stuff like this because, obviously, you know, news is slow. Hollywood's still striking. We have no idea when we're going to get anything for the foreseeable future. 
So, you know, we got we got to find fun ways to occupy our time. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. you know, until the Batman Part 2 comes out, until, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1, 2, or 3, whatever the hell. Like, you know, until Batman the Cape Crusader comes out. Like, until Batman Brave and the Bold, we're just going to be, you know, keeping it classy in the cave, as always. At least the best way we can, obviously. But, yep. I don't know. I don't know. With, with October around the corner... Craig and I are going to have to come up with some, some real spooky stuff to talk about, and I'm sure we will. Yep. But, but yeah, yeah. My favorite time of the year. Same. Same. It's time to decorate your houses with all the pumpkins and all the spice. <laughs> I'm I'm totally kidding. Pumpkin spice is disgusting. Yeah, no. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, same. Matter of fact, there was a Batman podcast I used to listen to where all the hosts were like, oh, yeah, we love pumpkin spice. And I'm just like, you guys are freaking disgusting. <laughs> Uh, pumpkin spice isn't my bag no thanks i know if my friend rebecca's listening i'm sorry i know you love pumpkin spice (laughs) ain't my thing chief ain't my thing ain't craig's thing it ain't us no we're more of uh candy corn kind of guys i suppose Mm -hmm. actually i'm one of those weirdos who likes black licorice so I can't get on board with that. See, I I, also, I, I don't eat a lot of candy in general. I've I'm a weirdo. I've really had a sweet tooth. I'm the weirdo. I, I am the weirdo. I do like red vines. Red vines are good. Nah, I'm much more of a, a, a spice over sweet. Fair enough. Give me uh, give me spicy hot wings. Give me hot sauce. Give me all that stuff. Oh, you know what? Just to kind of bring it back to Batman Day, I bet people are wondering how much popcorn I had. I only had popcorn for Batman Begins. Wow, you didn't you, know, you didn't go back for any more? Hell no. I'm not going to fill my <laughs> stomach up with all that popcorn. I would have made myself sick. Hell no. No, I only I only wanted popcorn for the movie I had not seen. That's good. That that's well, yeah, and you did at least you didn't repeat uh what was it when you saw the Batman and you had to run to the restroom and you missed the scene that you had wanted to see the whole time yes. in the Batman. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I'm so glad I saw that movie two other times. Also saw that with our good friend Terrence. We really need to get him back on the show, but he needs a damn microphone, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I tried. The, I think the very first episode we ever did, I didn't have a mic, and I quickly course corrected that. Terrence, if you're listening, I, I mean that with nothing but love and respect, brother. <laughs> but if you need a microphone, I got you. I got my old snowball. If you want it, I, got, I can give it to you. Yeah. But um, other than that, you know, uh, feel free to again follow us on uh, X, which, I, to be brutally honest with you, I really don't know how much longer that's going to last because Mr. Musk has said that he may start making people pay just to use the application. So again, I truly do not know how much longer that is going to last for not only He's myself. Desperate. Yeah, I don't know how much longer that's going to last for myself, along with the show having an X account, Twitter, whatever the hell your preference of calling that is. But we we are for sure on Instagram. We are for sure on Facebook. You guys can drop us an email, eternalnightpod at gmail.com. You can, again, follow us, T-E-K underscore podcast. Uh, as we always, you, everyone. As we always like to say, keep it classy in the cave. Much love, take care.
Thank you for listening to the Eternal Night Podcast. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery or DC Studios. If you would like to follow along with the show, you can do so. At, just search for T-E-K underscore podcast on X, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to listen to the show, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you would like to leave us an email, feel free to do so. Eternal Night Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for your time.